Story eleven of Captures by John Galsworthy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story eleven Salta pro nobis. The dancer, my mother, is very sad. She sits with her head on her hands. She looks into the emptiness. It is frightful to watch. I have tried to make her pray, my mother, but the poor girl does not know how. She has no belief. She refuses even to confess herself. She is pagan, but quite pagan. What could one do for her, my mother, to cheer her a little during these hours? I have tried to make her tell me of her life. She does not answer. She sits and looks always into the emptiness. It does me harm in the heart to see her. Is there nothing one can do to comfort her a little before she dies? To die so young, so full of life, for her who has no faith, to be shot, so young, so beautiful. But it is frightful, my mother. The little elderly sister raised her hands and crossed them on her grey-clothed breast. Her eyes, brown and mild, looked up, questioning the face before her, wax pale under its coif and smooth grey hair. Straight, thin, as it were bodiless, beneath her grey and white garb, the mother superior stood pondering. The spy-woman in her charge, a dancer with gypsy blood, they said, or was it Moorish, who had wormed secrets from her French naval lover and sold them to the Germans in Spain. At the trial they said there was no doubt, and they had brought her to the convent, saying, Keep her here for us till the fifteenth. She will be better with you than in prison. To be shot, a woman, it made one shiver, and yet it was war. It was for France. And looking down at the elderly sister, the mother superior answered, one must see my daughter take me to her cell they went in gently the dancer was sitting on her bed there was no color in her skin save the saffron sprinkled into it by eastern blood the face was oval the eyebrows slanted a little up black hair formed on her forehead a v reversed her lips sensuous but fine showed a gleam of teeth her arms were crossed as though compressing the fire within her supple body. Her eyes, color of Malaga wine, looked through and beyond the whitened walls, through and beyond her visitors, like the eyes of a caged leopard. The mother superior spoke. What can we do for you, my daughter? The dancer shrugged. You suffer, my daughter. They tell me you do not pray. It is a pity. The dancer's passing smile had the sweetness of something tasted, of a rich tune, a long kiss. She shook her head. One would not say anything to trouble you, my daughter. One feels pity for your suffering. One comprehends. Is there a book you would read, some wine you would like, in a word, anything which could distract you a little? The dancer clasped her hands behind her neck. The movement was beautiful, sinuous, all her body beautiful. A faint color came into the mother superior's waxen cheeks. Would you wish to dance for us, my daughter? On the dancer's face, the smile came again and did not pass. Willingly, it will give me pleasure, madame. That is well. Your dresses shall be brought, this evening in the refectory after the meal. If you wish music, one can place a piano. 
Sister Matilda is a good musician. Music, some simple dances. Madame, could I smoke? Certainly, my daughter. I will have cigarettes brought to you. The dancer stretched out her hand. Between her own thin hands, the mother superior felt its supple warmth. Tomorrow it would be cold and stiff. Au revoir, then, my daughter. The dancer will dance for us. This was the word. One waited, expectant, as for a miracle. One placed the piano, procured music, sat eating the evening meal, whispering. The strangeness of it, the intrusion, the little gay ghosts of memories, ah, the dramatic, the marvellous event. Soon the meal was finished, the tables cleared, removed, against the wall on the long benches, sixty grey white coiffed figures waited. In the centre, the mother superior, at the piano, Sister Matilda. The little elderly sister came first, then, down the long whitened refectory, the dancer swaying slowly over the dark oak floor. Every head was turned, alone the mother superior sat motionless. If only it did not put notions into some light heads. The dancer wore a full skirt of black silk. She had silvery shoes and stockings. Round her waist was a broad tight network of gold, over her bust tight silvery tissue, with black lace draped. Her arms were bare. A red flower was set to one side of her black hair. She held a black and ivory fan. Her lips were just touched with red, her eyes just touched with black. Her powdered face was like a mask. She stood in the very centre, with eyes cast down. Sister Matilda began to play. The dancer lifted her fan. In that dance of Spain, she hardly moved from where she stood, swaying, shivering, spinning, poised. But her eyes darted from this face to that of the long row of faces, where so many feelings were expressed, curiosity and doubt, pleasure, timidity, horror, sympathy. Sister Matilda ceased playing. A little murmur broke along the line of nuns, and the dancer smiled. Sister Mathilda began again to play. For a moment the dancer listened, as if to catch the rhythm of the music strange to her. Then her feet moved, her lips parted, sweet and gay she was, like a butterfly, without a care, and on the lips of the watching faces smiles came, and little murmurs of pleasure escaped. The mother superior sat without moving, her lips pressed together, her fingers interlaced, Images from the past kept starting out, and falling back, like figures from some curious old music-box. She was remembering her lover, killed in the Franco-Prussian War, her entrance into religion, all that time ago. This figure from the heathen world, with the red flower in her black hair, the whitened face, the sweetened eyes, stirred a yearning for her own gay pulses before they had seemed to die and she brought them to the church to bury them. The music ceased, began again. Now it was a habanera, awakening remembrance of those pulses after they were buried, secret, throbbing, dark. The mother superior turned her face to the left and right. Had she been wise? So many light heads, so many young hearts. And yet, how not soothe the last dark hours of this poor heathen girl, 
the hours so few. She was happy dancing. Yes, she was happy. What power! And what abandonment! It was frightening. She was holding every eye, the eyes even of Sister Louise, holding them as a snake holds a rabbit's eyes. The mother superior nearly smiled. That poor Sister Louise! And then, just beyond that face of fascinated horror, she saw young Sister Marie. How the child stared! What eyes! What lips! Sister Marie! So young, just twenty, her lover killed in the war, but one year dead. Sister Marie, prettiest in all the convent. Her hands, how tightly they seemed pressed together on her lap. And, but, yes, it was at Sister Marie that the dancer looked. At Sister Marie she was twirling and writhing those supple limbs. For Sister Marie the strange sweet smile came and went on those enticing lips. In dance after dance, like a bee on a favorite flower, to Sister Marie the dancer seemed to cling, and the mother superior thought, Have I done a work of mercy, or the devil's? Close along the line of nuns the dancer swept. Her eyes were glowing, her face proud. On Sister Marie a look alighted, a touch with the fan, a blown kiss. Gracias, senoras, adios and swaying as she had come, she glided away over the dark floor, and the little old sister followed. A sighing rose from the long row of nuns, and, yes, one sob. "'Go to your rooms, my daughters. Sister Marie!' The young nun came forward. Tears were in her eyes. "'Sister Marie, pray that the sins of that poor soul be forgiven.' But yes, my child, it is sad. Go to your room and pray. With what grace the child walked. She, too, had the limbs of beauty, and the mother superior sighed. Morning, cold and grey, a sprinkle of snow on the ground. They came for the dancer during mass. Later, a sound of firing. With trembling lips, the mother superior prayed for the soul, dancing before her God. That evening they searched for Sister Marie, but could not find her. After two days a letter came. Forgive me, my mother, I have gone back to life. Life out of death. The mother superior sat quite still. Figures from the past were stealing out again, and the dancer's face with the red flower in her hair, the dark sweetened eyes, the lips, touched with a flying finger, parted in a kiss. End of story 11